Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 188, How to Develop a Peaceful Routine with Kids. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. After the first week of summer, just seven days in, I was texting with my sister-in-law, who is a mom of four little kids, including a newborn. She told me how tired she was after having all of her children home all day, needing to be cared for and entertained. When does school start again, she asked, and I laughed out loud, because I relate. Summer is such a magical time with our families, but it can also be an exhausting time for many of us, and now that it's the end of June and we are well into summer, many of us might be craving a more peaceful, structured daily routine. I hope today's episode will be helpful. I'm thrilled to be interviewing Felicia Allen, a mom of four and one of the founders of the Find the Magic podcast, where she and her co-hosts explore how to be more peaceful, authentic, and joyful in parenting and personal development. Felicia and I discuss some key ideas for developing a daily rhythm that nourishes us and blesses our families, and I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with her. But first, one quick announcement and then a word from our sponsors. First, a super fun announcement. I am thrilled and honored to be a guest speaker at an event that is coming up in just a few weeks in my beautiful home state of Idaho. My dear friend Miranda Anderson, who's been a guest on the show multiple times, is hosting her grown-up summer camp at the stunning Maple Groves Hot Springs in Thatcher, Idaho, from July 28th through the 31st. She rented out the entire 43-acre facility, which includes tent camping spots and glamping yurts, miles of wilderness to explore, as well as four gorgeous hot springs pools on the banks of the Bear River. There will be daily meditation and yoga offerings, craft classes taught by Miranda and Miriam Tribe, book clubs with Jansen of Everyday Reading, and delicious holistic meals prepared on site and served to you without you having to lift a finger or clean up a single dish. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like heaven? I attended one of Miranda's camp events last fall, and I cannot tell you how above and beyond she went to make sure that we felt completely nurtured while we were there. I am not a crier at all, and I actually broke down into tears (laughs) when I got home and was telling my husband how wonderful it felt to be so taken care of for a few days. 
I think he was quite bewildered by the outburst of emotion, but also happy that his wife came back so replenished. If you are needing a little break this summer to be with other women and connect with yourself, your soul, and nature, please join me at Grown Up Summer Camp. I would love to spend time with you and get to know you better. You can find out more about this event by going to Miranda's website, livefreecreative.co slash summercamp. And I will, of course, put that link in the show notes. And now a word from this month's sponsors, two companies that I absolutely love. First, Jane.com, an online boutique marketplace with over 400 new deals every day on beautiful clothing, home decor, and more for the whole family. It brings together the best of big brands and small family-run shops to give customers a wide variety of offerings at amazing prices. I was so excited to hear from a mom in the 3 and 30 community named Lizzie, who has sold her handmade products via Jane for several years and has had a great experience. Jane.com is a great way for small shops like hers to get the word out about their products to a bigger audience. Lizzie told me that Jane has a selective application process for their sellers to ensure that everything that's showcased on their site is good quality and on trend. She was also thrilled to get some mentoring and training from them on how to price her products, grow her reach, and make more money for her family. It makes me super happy to think that by shopping at Jane.com, I'm supporting small businesses, possibly even 3 and 30 listeners. And speaking of, if you are a listener who has experience with selling products through Jane, I would love to hear from you about your experience. It's always super important to me that I have a personal connection with the brands who sponsor the show. To get started shopping with Jane.com, you can check out the page of deals that I chose just for our community at Jane.com slash 3 and 30. That's Jane.com slash 3 and 30. Our second sponsor this month is Bravery Magazine, an organization that deeply cares about supporting vulnerable communities and educating children to be compassionate and courageous world changers. I love that each issue of this beautiful quarterly magazine for children ages 6 through 12 focuses on the life of an amazing woman from history or current events and includes hands-on STEAM activities and art projects to introduce children to her culture, profession, and life experiences. Each issue also includes a brief life sketch of the featured heroine, which often touches on the struggles or injustices that she's faced in her life. This sparks important conversations with my kids on tough topics that they need to know about, but in an accessible and non-scary way. For example, when we read about the life of Maya Angelou, we were able to talk about abuse, what it is and what to do about it if we or one of our friends is being abused. When we read about Yusra Mardini, we were able to talk about what it means to be a refugee and how we can support refugee communities in our own state. And when we read this most current issue of Bravery about Bernice Bing, we were able to talk about what it means to be LGBTQ and how we can advocate for inclusion and equal rights for others. You can order past issues of Bravery for your children based on their interests, and you can subscribe to make sure you never miss an issue going forward. This would be a great gift idea for a child's birthday. Maybe send that idea to grandma. And you can use the code 3in30 for 10% off at checkout. Go to braverymag.com to learn more. And don't forget to use the code 3in30 at checkout. And now onto the show. This is how to develop a peaceful routine with kids. Let's go. Felicia, welcome to 3in30. We are so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. It's been a long time coming. I'm really excited to chat. I am so excited, too. I think our missions, our passion for helping moms 
is very aligned and you are passionate about helping women find the magic in their motherhood and find peace and joy in their motherhood. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to be talking about how to do that through developing some routines and systems and rhythms in our homes. I will admit this does not come naturally to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wondering if as we start out, Are you naturally more of a systems routine person or is this something you've had to work on? Tell us a little bit about your innate personality. You know, my personality is definitely more write it down and regimented. And I like to have a plan, but that is because I'm a rebel at heart. And it really is that whole chicken and the egg. If I'm going to have any freedom, I need to have a plan of how the things that have to go are going to go, Mm. or I need to be able to see them in front of me and take them out because I don't like to be confined by, you know, that schedule where you're feeling pushed and rushed or with kids, you're pushing them. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny, as I was coming to this interview, I was feeling that push. We are renovating a home right now in a really crunched amount of time. Mm. And, you know, obviously having a podcast that introduces challenges And I was thinking, I need these takeaways myself today. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that so funny when we read over them? We're like, I need these takeaways more than anyone right now. (laughs) And you have four little children on top of everything else that you do. So how old are your kids? So they're six, five, three, and almost one. So lots of littles. Yeah, lots of littles. And I do think that having some gentle systems in your home helps tremendously especially during that phase of life when you have lots of littles underfoot. And so we are going to give some basic takeaways today for how to do that. And do you want to just start in with your first takeaway? Yeah. And I want to preface it with that one of the things that I try to share with our listeners and through my social media or just parents around me is that we expect too much out of what Mm. we can do in the day. Mm. We all have this same amount of time in the day, but we think we can get 48 hours of things done in the 24. So I think as you're looking at these takeaways and my first takeaway is to prepare your schedule, really, if you can go into it with that mindset, I only have the same 24 hours and take out that sleep that you really need to get. And that will give you this realistic vision of, you know, for me with four little kids, it's maybe one thing a day that I think I can get that done. Mm. But my to-do list will have 25, you know? So the first takeaway would be prepare your schedule. For me, I like to lay out my day every single day, but my favorite thing to do is on Sunday night, look ahead at my week. Sunday's an arbitrary day. That's just when I like it. You can choose any day, but look at my week and Tuesday night we have baseball practice. So I better make sure I don't plan a dinner that requires me to watch it on that night. You know, maybe I throw something in the crock pot and it sounds so simple, but it makes it so on that day, I'm not stressed and pulling out some Captain Crunch out of the cabinet. Not that that's wrong, but it just doesn't feel peaceful and authentic to my values that I want to live. So if you prepare that schedule, it allows you to have these rhythms in your day that I'll talk about later. So you can easily move through tasks. And when you can move through your day without directing your kids so much, pushing them, talking to them so much, all of those things, you see their little minds get overstimulated and it introduces chances for them to push against you. Where Mm -hmm. when they know what's coming next, 
it's like this peaceful coexistence and you're kind of flowing. And we know those days feel good. So that really helps to just prepare. And I feel like something that really struck me, Felicia, when you said that at the beginning, when you're prefacing this takeaway is that we always try to pack too much in. It's almost Mm -hmm. like I need to look at my schedule or my list for the day and cut it in half, like from the get go, (laughs) be like, okay, we're going to take that. We're going to cut it in half and we're going to see if we can manage that. Sometimes I feel like I make a schedule or a to-do list knowing that it's literally impossible to do it, (laughs) but I still write the list. And then no wonder I feel so discouraged at the end of every day, but I made the list knowing that it wasn't possible to make it. So it's like just getting a little more realistic with ourselves. But I have found, like you said, that when I plan ahead and I plan for those transitions. So like Mm -hmm. if I sit the night before and I kind of envision how the day is going to flow based on what is on the calendar, I need to also be thinking of transitions, eating, whatever that needs to for my little kids. I rarely do this because I'm (laughs) such a scatterbrain, but when I do, everything runs so much smoother. Right. And what you're talking about is a cushion. Everything with Mm. kids takes longer. And so we have a planner that we work with with our podcast and we have these little spaces where you can build in those time cushions. And for me, it is so huge. If you think something's going to take half an hour, it's going to take an hour and a half, I guarantee. Mm -hmm. So like, as you start to build in those cushions where you can sit when your kid has a tantrum and acknowledge it and -hmm. you're not mad, you're only mad because you're like, I can't deal with this right now. Or I don't have time for that teach me how to tie my shoe or whatever. So you build in those cushions where it doesn't feel so frenetic. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what stays and what goes when you're looking at that list and there's too much on it? I think every woman faces this. What do you do to kind of try to decide that or to like renegotiate with yourself? Oh, it's like the question of the world, right? What do we say yes to? So yeah. I don't know if I'm the best person to ask. My mother-in-law makes fun of me because like I said, I'm rebellious. So If I look at my week and there's a dentist appointment and something fun and the dentist appointment is feeling crunched, I'll take that out because I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you've heard Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, I am like pure rebel. Really? Yeah, I know. It's funny because I'm like a regimented rebel. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I think something that I always try to remember is anything I say yes to means I say no to something else. We've all heard this, right? And It's easy when you have little kids to not acknowledge that the changing the diaper, the bath time, the reading books, they don't feel like anything. They can just go Mm. into the nothing pile and we all get to choose. But I think just acknowledging that they are something you're saying no to, if you choose to say yes to, you know, a calling in your church community, or you choose to say yes to something you want to take on at work or a project, think what does that mean I'm saying no to in that time frame or even rest? I think we just don't prioritize rest. So I just do that reminder when someone asks me, can you do this? It's like, what does that mean I have to say no to? Mm. And yeah, of course you are still going to change the diapers and do those things with your children regardless because you have to, but you won't be present. You won't be peaceful. You won't be building relationships. You will be plowing through it in order to get more of the to-do list. And so really getting clear on your values and that you want those times to be more connective 
allows mm-hmm. you to kind of say no to some of those things. And, totally. and you're so right that we don't even count a lot of those things towards what we've accomplished in the day because they're just givens, right? but they totally count. And something mm-hmm. I've said several times on the podcast, I'm going to just keep saying it because <laughs> I think <laughs> it's so cool is Dr. Julie Hanks says at the end of the day to make a to-do list instead Aww. of making a to-do list. And I love that idea of like, and right on there, I changed, I changed 10 diapers today. Right, right. Or I made dinner or those things that we don't count. We don't put them on a to-do list because they're the givens. They should be going on our to-do list at the end of the day to give ourselves credit. So, yeah. And it's all that emotional labor. If you've read David Allen's Getting Things Done, Mm -hmm. the first step is to capture everything you need to do. And I think often as women we have this running wheel in our mind and it's all those things. It's like even teaching your kid how to read is a to-do. You know, like there's all these to-dos, then you add on, if you work, you add on all these things. And I think when we go to write down the stuff that we have to do, we don't even put any of that stuff on there when that's like most of our time goes to Mm -hmm. that. So I think just be aware of that. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned in there, Felicia, that you said a lot of times we give up rest And I think that leads really well into your second takeaway. Yeah. So my second takeaway is build in time for you. On our podcast, we have many episodes about our morning routines. So I have two co-hosts. We're all really big on this. Doing a morning routine individually is what inspired us to kind of start the podcast and gave us that bandwidth and that little bit of space ourselves to think we want to do it. Wow. So we originally got this idea from The Miracle Morning, which Mm -hmm. is a book by Hal Elrod. He's fantastic. Um, Basically, you can adjust this idea for your life. But for me, it looks like I wake up and I know that I'm going to say what time I wake up and people are going to be like, how do you wake up that early? But... I go to bed early. So yeah, (laughs) you have to, I'm not saying give up any rest. I think sleep comes first. Mm -hmm. So I usually wake up at about five or five 30 and with little kids, this is crucial. When your kids go off to school, you could probably carve in some sort of morning routine right after you take them to school. It doesn't really matter. It's just having that space. So I do a small meditation. I have some affirmations and visualization that I do. I think meditation, affirmations, and visualization are trigger words. And people are like, that sounds like woo-woo. I'm not going to do that. Or my mind's too crazy and I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I would say just simplify it. It's really just, can I take a few breaths, clear my mind, and look at this day? Just like you said, how do I want this day to look? Maybe how do I want this week to look? And then, you know, I do some sort of workout and plan my day going forward. So that usually includes journaling and like a time planner Mm. in that space. And just that pocket, we call it pockets of peace. When you have those little moments throughout the day when you can regroup and you're not serving other people, Mm. just that pocket alone can get me through a hard day. We try to build in other ones. We talk about this also on our podcast, and I can send you the link to the specific episode, but we have like a quiet time time, which a lot of people do, or a nap. Or for me, one of mine is that I I like to have my kids help cook a little bit, but then as I'm like doing the big prep for dinner, they kind of know I listen to an audio book. It's like my space. They go do their thing. That's just like a little pocket we've built in and everybody's will look different, but 
if you build that in, your kids kind of get used to like, oh, now it's quiet time. We're settling down and then we're going to go outside and then we're going to come back in and settle down. I think modern parents think they need to be constantly entertaining and be doing a lot for their kids all the time. And I think it's a disservice for our sanity and for our kids. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a lot more in the third takeaway, because you're absolutely right that we think we need to be entertaining them all the time. Mm -hmm. Your morning routine is super impressive. When I read it, I was like, (laughs) whoa, we're going to talk more about it in a second. But I will say that going along with this point that our kids don't need us to entertain them all the time. I have a little sister that's extremely passionate about working out and fitness, Mm. and she always jokes and says there's no way in H I'm getting up before my kids. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. But she says they can leave me alone for 30 minutes while I work out. And even her really little kids, she had to slowly train them to leave her alone and that this is her time. But it's similar to what you said about your kids know that that's your time to listen to an audiobook for her. Her kids have learned that this is her time to work out in the morning. And so even if you can't get up before your kids, you can still build in a little morning routine of some sort that fills you and expect your kids to do something else while you're doing it or to kind of help them develop their own little morning time where maybe they're Mm -hmm. looking at books or playing in their room or their crib or whatever while you get to do your stuff. Totally. So yeah. And tell me more about in your outline, you mentioned that you visualize your future self in the morning. What does that look like? I think that's such a cool idea. Is that like you visualize your future self for the day or like your future self like 10 years from now? Yeah. I'll try to find the original meditation, but basically, so you start with that day ahead and kind of the mood you want to have, maybe some tough times you're going to have in the day and how you can pre-plan to overcome those or things you can do ahead of time like, oh, that's going to be tough that 30 minutes when we're going from here to there. I'm going to bring some nuts in the car so that the kids aren't like damaged or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a little more simple. And then as you build on it, then you can go into my favorite is to do five years from now and then like end of life. Because Mm -hmm. I think five years from now is just far enough out that we can have some concrete goals. And Mm -hmm. then end of life for me is probably my favorite because when I do it, just clearly I can see what my values are. Mm -hmm. If we think about how do we want our grandkids to remember us? What do we want our relationship to be like with our adult kids and our spouse, our health? All of a sudden there's like, clear values that you're like, well, I can easily cross X, Y, and Z off my calendar because my vision in five years or at the end of my life has nothing to do with that thing. So that, that really helps me direct my plans. Yeah. And to have it built into something that you do daily or most days to sort Mm -hmm. of visualize that really holds you accountable to it. Cause I think we all have a vague we have a vague understanding of who we want to be someday, but how often do we think about that? And how often do we realize that our daily choices are informing and are leading to that person? Mm -hmm. It's nice to think, oh, I'm sure I'll be that someday somewhere, but I'm going to keep living this other way now. But if you're every day thinking about that person, you really feel more responsible to that person to make choices that will lead you to become that person. Yeah, I love thinking about it that way. And especially for people who have a hard time being accountable, it's like you're accountable to your future self. Yes, absolutely. And then what is your third takeaway, which we alluded to a little bit here, but we're going to build out on. 
So I feel like my passion for this has grown exponentially over years, but the third takeaway is to try your best to coexist with your kids instead of be their manager or have them being your manager. (laughs) Mm. And yeah, we kind of talked about this, but you know, I remember when I was a kid, mostly my mom had no idea where I was. I kind of (laughs) did whatever I want and I came home and ate dinner. And I'm not saying that that was the best way because there's lots of areas in my life where I wasn't supported maybe as much as I should have been. Mm. So there's this balance, right? But I think we've swung hard the other way and Mm. we aren't letting our kids play alone. They're never getting bored. They're not contributing in our home because they, they don't really know how we're entertaining them constantly or we're putting them in these sports and they're overscheduled. And so we don't even have time to teach them how to change the laundry. We're told by our society that we need to create this elaborate sand toy sensory bin and take them to the museum every second because their brains need to develop. And we want these like really smart kids who are going to go to Harvard and all these things. And nothing against teaching your kids anything. I think that's fantastic. But we don't recognize how creative kids are. And we don't recognize the disservice we're doing to our kids when we constantly entertain them until we are trying to do something independent of them and they're demanding, needy, they can't play by themselves and they're fighting constantly. And I think what it's important for us to remember, if you're going throughout a day and it's feeling really contentious with your kids or you're just thinking they're always fighting. They can't do anything without me there. All these things just kind of think, what am I modeling? Am I constantly directing their play? Am I modeling Mm -hmm. this codependent behavior by get down from that tree or don't touch that, or we need to go here, hop in the car, or what are you doing? Like all these, all these little questions and even praise, we could go deep down praise, but like, it's all us directing their little brain. And then when we're like, okay, quiet time, now do whatever you want. They're like, wait, my brain doesn't work without your words. Mm. And so I think just realizing and a little experiment I like to do is take an hour of time or you could do 20 minutes and count how many times you give your kids some sort of direction, positive or negative. And you're going to be like, I never stop talking when I'm around Mm. my kids. I'm constantly... (laughs) Just telling them to do stuff. And I've read a little bit into hunter-gatherer cultures. Mm -hmm. And they direct their kids maybe one time in an entire hour, Mm. which is like nothing. Modern parents would be like, oh my gosh, one time an hour. And their kids are independent. They take care of the other little kids. They never get bored. They contribute to the tribe. All those things that we want. I think we're preventing our kids from developing those. So embrace coexisting with your kids, allow them to be, you know, this little independent person and that's going to be messy and it's going to be loud, but their imagination is going to develop and they are going to be helpful and autonomous. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, they're this little human that can now help me instead of I have to help them all the time. Yeah. I think this is so true. There's a new book out about this, isn't there? So a book I love that talks about this, there's one called Hunter Gather Parent. Uh There's a few really old ones talking about indigenous cultures that's really interesting on this topic. And then, you know, 
like Lenore Skinny's free range parent. There's mm-hmm. a lot with that developing that independence. We have to just, we have to let go a little bit. We're holding on so tight. Yeah. When I think about my son, now I can't say that my kids have developed into like super helpful kids. Yeah. <laughs> because I follow this philosophy because they're not like great at working around the house and helping and that's something mm-hmm. we're going to work on. Mm-hmm. But they are definitely creative because I haven't manage them every minute. And sometimes people will see on my Instagram or different things. I'll show like the cardboard creations that my kids have made, or my son recently made a tank out of a cardboard box and put it on his hoverboard and it drove. That's cool. And people will say, how did you teach them to do that? And my response is, because I run the podcast and especially during COVID and all the times that I had to work and they were home, I really feel like they have developed creativity because I can't entertain them constantly. And I'm kind of like, figure it out. And so my work has really benefited our whole family because they have learned to play together. They've learned to be creative and I get to do this really fulfilling thing. And I'm not saying that all moms need to work in order to get that, but just to keep in mind that whatever it is that you want to do that you're passionate about, if it's a hobby, if it's a part-time job, if it's whatever, giving your kids the opportunity to be without you for a little while it will only bless them. I really believe that as you're kind of coexisting in the same space. So sometimes I'm in my office working and I come out and they've built an entire city out of boxes and paper. (laughs) And I'm like, that's amazing. You know, now we need to work on them helping to clean that up because they're not always great at that. But but I definitely think it's helped. Yeah. They've got creative down because of that. You have to go through that. Like we were talking about with the working out or any like boundary you set, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're taking away the screens. Mm. or however they're going to go through. So in, in my house, I call it the B word, not the one you're thinking of, but boredom. Mm. We just don't Mm. even say it. It's like, you're not bored. Your head is full of things. Outside is full of things like get uncomfortable. We all know right before we get creative, it's like that itchy, uncomfortable, we're feeling annoyed. And then all of a sudden we have this big idea and kids feel that too. And they have to exercise that little muscle. And to your point on the helpfulness This is something I had another aha about recently is I think we compartmentalize a kid world and the adult world. So it's like, here's your show so I can clean the kitchen and make dinner. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's survival. I'm not saying don't do that. But I'm saying, what if it looked more like the kids are playing and as they run by, it's like, hey, can you grab that bowl for me? Instead of here's your chore chart, do your chore chart. But that like separates you from the family, right? It's like you're over here doing your chore chart and then I'm over here taking care of our house and we're separate. We're like kid world, adult world. But how can we integrate so they feel this tribe mentality where they feel actually really needed? Like I really Mm. actually need you to mix that because you're part of our family and I need you. And I Mm. think kids crave that. So I think that helps with the helpful part of it where it feels like they're feeling that need for their family. Yes. And that's something that I have for sure read about indigenous cultures and even cultures, you know, 50 years ago, not indigenous cultures, but just Mm -hmm. mainstream America 50 years ago, like families legitimately needed the children in order to survive. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't milk the cow, the cow doesn't get milked, you know? (laughs) And so children knew that their contributions really mattered. Mm -hmm. And now we live in a society where their contributions are a little bit made up and they know it. 
So it's like, do this chore chart. And they're like, that's not actually contributing anything meaningful. Right. And so to figure out actual meaningful ways, and I'm working on this, I don't know what the answer is, but for them to really feel that their contribution matters to the success of the family gives a lot of self-esteem and builds vital character traits in our kids. I think so too. And they kind of have that feeling of, it's a privilege to contribute to this family that I love instead of almost like this punishment. And if you don't do it, then you can't have your screen time. And yeah, it's so tricky. I just think it changes the vibe. Yeah. And it's not easy. Like I, I'm on the hunt to figure out how to build this culture into my home because I haven't done a great job of it, but I can see how valuable it is. So I'm going to keep reading and working on it and hopefully share my findings here. (laughs) Totally. I want you to, I want to hear more about what you think about that. Yeah. I will say that my daughter's preschool is a Waldorf. Well, she's in first grade now, but she went to a Waldorf preschool where they, I feel like they do this well. The kids have lots of responsibilities within the school. And her Waldorf preschool teacher told me that kids like to be where adults are. Right. So kind of the Waldorf philosophy is not to intervene too much with their play and to let them figure it out, but to be nearby. So she's like, if I want the kids to play outside, she's like, I go outside and rake leaves or I go outside and garden because if I'm inside, then they always are coming in because they want to be near me. So it's like parallel work because their play is work Mm -hmm. as they're over there figuring out their imaginary world and building the forts while she's doing the gardening or whatever. So I I do try to think about that in my home, like creating kind of parallel work and parallel play or this coexisting, like you say. Right. Yeah. I think that allows them to then, as they're like running by, it's like, can you hold this bag open? Like I can't put all these leaves in unless you hold it open. Like I actually really can't. And Mm -hmm. it's easy for us if we don't separate them so much to include them and have them feel a part of what we're working on. And it's not so much like, Hey, Johnny, come in and wipe the table. I already wiped just because I think I need to teach how to wipe the table kind of a thing. Like they, like you said, they feel it. They know when it's genuine, when we really need them. And so I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, Felicia, thank you so much. These takeaways, I think, give a really great place for us to start as moms to figure out how to make meaningful routines and rhythms in our daily life. And every one of them is kind of a work in progress that, you know, we'll have to Mm -hmm. experiment with and tweak and make work for our own lives. But I know listeners are going to want to hear more from you. So tell us a little bit about what you offer. So we have a podcast. It's called Find the Magic. We do a weekly episode and you can also find us on Instagram is where we usually share like our email and all those things. And that's at Find the Magic Podcast. All right. Great. Thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Well, my friends, I am feeling energized and motivated to recommit to a peaceful summer schedule in our home. (laughs) I'm going to start this week by thinking about and implementing some of Felicia's three takeaways. And here is a recap. First, prepare your schedule. At least once a week, it's important to look ahead and get a bird's eye view of what is coming up for your family and what you'd like to accomplish over the next few days. And don't forget that when you make that list of what you'd like to accomplish, you probably need to cut it in half and include some margin so that you can focus on relationships instead of rushing. Second, build in you time. This is important to actually schedule as well, or else it won't happen. This might be in the morning before your children wake up, 
or it might be after they wake up as they are entertaining themselves, or maybe it's every evening while you make dinner. Whatever time works best for you, carve out pockets of peace throughout your day, plan for them, and protect them. And third, coexist with your children instead of feeling pressured to entertain them all the time. Give them meaningful work to do to contribute to the family, allow them to get bored and therefore get creative, and involve them where you can in your tasks for work, for home care, and for hobbies. This was such an uplifting conversation that really made it feel possible to build a more peaceful routine with my kids. And I also want to remind you that if you need some time away from your kids this summer to rejuvenate and reconnect with yourself and other women, please check out Miranda Anderson's Grown Up Summer Camp, where I will be speaking next month. I'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you, thank you for being a part of this 3 and 30 community of moms. I'm grateful for you. I'm cheering you on. And I hope you have a peaceful week with your family. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at band camp... Uh uh, not now, Stacy. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again. The whole view is exactly that. A comprehensive and holistic look at important topics that likely resonate with you. We also take a body positive approach. And instead of engaging in diet culture, we focus on what the actual medical research says are the healthiest choices in terms of diet, lifestyle, and non-toxic living. And we're not afraid to bust myths that are trending in health conscious communities. Join us to laugh and learn and just feel like you're hanging out with your two nerdiest besties. Check out the Whole View podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.